How's it going, everybody? Welcome to Rolling Lines, an Apples and Genos production. My name is Josh Hutchinson, and I'll be your host. We are streaming live on YouTube, so come join us in the chat. If you're already here, hit subscribe. Tonight, I've got a special guest with me, but before I introduce him, let's hit the intro music. Tonight, I'm joined by a special guest. He's the host and co-creator of the Five Hole Fantasy Hockey Podcast. He has a strong affinity for melodic death metal music, and he's broken his year-long hiatus to help me out tonight. It's TJ Branson. How are you doing tonight, buddy? Feeling good. Bourbon's kicking in. Getting there. Ready to go. That's good, man. That's good, man. Glad to hear it. How uh, how, how are your uh, fantasy hockey teams doing? Have you cut back this year uh, on oh, yeah. hiatus? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that I think was like, maybe it was burnout. I don't know what it was, but this year we just like between the three of us hosts, um, you know, Zach had some stuff going on at work. I had a brand new job, brand new life going on. And, um, yeah, this year I've cut it down. I think I've been like two redrafts and all my dynasties kind of stayed, but they're super low maintenance. So that's the best part of dynasty is. You know, you're not you're not streaming every day. That's true. Yeah, you can set and forget to a certain extent as long as you're not like feeling like you need to be really active in the trade market. Uh, yeah, you can pretty much just just leave them and and it, and it's fine. Um, before we get into it, how are you feeling about your flyers, buddy? They're uh, they're a lot better than everyone expected. I don't know if you expected this. Uh, no, or like Sean Couturier and Cam Atkinson being game changers. Uh, coming back into the lineup, but but how are you feeling about about the Flyers? You know, I forget who said it, but there there's a quote that kind of hangs around the the halls here. Um, the Flyers will do exactly the opposite of what you expect. So like, <laughs> you know, we're like, oh, they're going to be trash. Like, you know, we're going to be in there for Celebrini. We're going to you know getting a good draft pick this year, and now they're you know tops of the division. They're they're hanging out right. Um, no matter what you expect as a Flyers fan, you're going to get the polar opposite. You're never going to win the whole thing ever, <laughs> but yeah, I was but. just, I was just listening to a, to a podcast recently and, and, uh, they were talking about how the flyers haven't won since 75 and that's like probably the yeah. second longest drought out of anyone outside of the Leafs. Uh, as, as far as I know, unless there's a, I, I guess the Sabres maybe have never won it. Uh, and, and so there's gotta be other, you know, some of the new teams. Yeah. Yeah. I've never won it, but. Yeah, it's uh, it's painful. Yeah, and here here's the kicker. So I also grew up a New York Mets fan and a Minnesota Vikings fan. So oh, losing's yuck. in my blood, man. It's in my blood. Did you enjoy that three nothing win the other the other day? <laughs> riveting, riveting. <laughs> that was nothing insane. like the Raiders Vikings to put on some good television. <laughs> oh, I couldn't believe that. That was that was crazy. All right, let's get into it. So we'll start with the power play planners. This is our scheduling segment. But to start, we're going to talk about the results over the last seven days uh, for for teams and just some some outstanding players. So the New York Islanders, the Canucks, the Oilers, and the Vegas Golden Knights were all three and zero. 
uh edmonton just remains remains hot as hell they are they are back in the thick of things they're they're almost back in a playoff spot which is crazy considering the start that they had this year uh and I also wanted to mention the Toronto Maple Leafs over the last seven days had the most points in the NHL, seven points in four games, seven out of a possible eight points. Um, so I, I just uh, I wanted, wanted to mention them because, you know, I'm a little bit biased. Um, so uh, ex- excited that they're they're kind of figuring shit out there, too. And then Anaheim, Arizona and St. Louis were all winless. Uh, Arizona, after beating all of those cup champs in those f- that five games in a row, they're back to being the Coyotes again. Uh, Connor Ingram's kind of fallen back down to earth. And uh, St. Louis, they're, they've been bad enough to finally fire their coach. Uh, they were 0-3 over that stretch. Doug Armstrong, he's had enough. I thought Barube was going to be there forever. I think they should have fired him much earlier than this. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think he's been coasting off of that 2019 cup win, uh, for a few years now, uh, cause they have been stinky, uh, but what, what it kind of feels, it, it feels like they were waiting for the season record to go below 500 to really pull the trigger on that one. Yeah. And with that w- loss to the Red Wings, you know, it happened. So it had to happen. Uh, I noticed that with this guy, who are they calling it? Drew Bannister. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're, they're calling him interim, so I'm guessing we're still shopping for a coach. Mm-hmm. So there's no sense, at least until he gets rid of the interim, to you know study how Springfield is, what their system was, who like how the lines looked. Interim, yeah, it's gonna we're gonna see what he's gonna do. And this, what, what was the last coach firing uh, up in Edmonton, right? And a lot of people were afraid of. Um, you know, who's going to be on the power play? You know, is, is every, anything going to change? And I think the last thing a new coach is going to want to do is exactly the same thing the old coach was doing that got him fired. So I, I think there's going to be a little bit of change here with Bannister. Uh, he was a defenseman in the NHL back, you know, whenever he played. But I'm thinking maybe defensive, defensive system. They're giving yeah, up a lot of goals. They're going to need that. I, I mean, they're they're to hear that. Their defensive personnel is not strong, uh, so they, they need a good defensive a defensive system to to kind of overcome that. Um, I got uh, you mentioned the Oilers firing. What do you maybe Jay Woodcroft uh, is a, is a good uh, candidate Ooh. for the St. Louis job? Like he's he's a good coach. I I feel like he kind of got a raw deal there in Edmonton. Yeah. I think uh, I think I mean as with most coach firings, you can look at. Uh, you can look it's at the coach domino. firing and look at your look at very poor goaltending, a stretch of awful goaltending. You saw that in Edmonton. I think uh, I think he got shafted a little bit there. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I, I didn't put those two together. I think Woodcroft is definitely going to be a name on the table there. Um, yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, I mean, pretty- it's there's never any new people that come in. So it's always like the same <laughs> 35 guys that just keep getting recycled. Exactly. Yeah. That's the NHL. That's the way they do things. And then Mark stone had seven points in three games. He led the NHL over that stretch uh, between this, this last week, uh, Austin Matthews, William Nylander, both had seven points in four games. They have been banging on all cylinders since they put them together. Kadri and Blake Coleman, both with six points in four games for the Calgary Flames. That's a bit of a shocker. Blake Coleman uh, has been red hot. Uh, and 
RNH, Connor McDavid, Evan Bouchard, all at six points in three games, added, as did Matt Barzal, the Oilers. Again, they've been high-flying. Matt Barzal's been awesome lately as well for the Islanders, uh, just kind of scoring at will. So um, so pretty exciting for Islanders fans. They have a really nice schedule here too uh, over the next little while. So anyone with Barzal on the roster is going to be going to be stoked. All right. Oilers. Oilers one point out of a playoff spot now too, right? Like that's a Crazy. that's a huge storyline. They have been what are they six and zero in their last like six game winning streak think, or something like that. I think, and I think it's seven. Yeah, so they're they're absolutely killing it again with no I'm, help from their goaltending. They're just outscoring their problems, which is <laughs> what they yeah. should be doing. That's that's just kind of the way that they uh, the kind of the way they do things. Uh, all right, let's let's hit the schedule planner. So um, Thursday to Sunday. Uh, for the rest of this uh, scoring week, we've got Carolina and Ottawa that both have three games with three off nights. So those are the best schedules for sure. You've also got Vancouver and Washington that have three games with two off nights. Uh, the reason why there's so many off nights is because Thursday actually only has eight games, which is unusual. Um, so you've got Thursday, Friday and Sunday that are all all off nights. Um and then Anaheim, Chicago, San Jose, and Vegas all have two games with two off nights. So there are a lot of options for streaming for the rest of the week. Obviously, Carolina and Ottawa, they're the they're the teams you probably want to target. Although, I mean, there's not a ton of fringe options that, that are uh, not already rostered on those teams. Um, I would not be streaming from LA, Montreal, Pittsburgh, or Winnipeg. They only have one game and they're all on Saturday. So they don't have any off nights. So, um, those are teams that you would probably want to be avoiding. Uh, and if you have any fringe guys from those teams, for whatever reason, you probably want to be dropping them for, for some guys with a better schedule. What do you think, TJ? I'd even throw, you know, a lot of these guys that are just playing Thursday, you can always look on Friday because mm. Saturday is going to be stacked. So, yep. you know, take a look at, you know, these guys I'm looking at, I mean, it's going to be a long list, the blues, Calgary, Columbus, Detroit, Edmonton, Florida, Minnesota, the flyers, uh, Seattle, Tampa, Toronto, and the aforementioned Montreal Canadiens. like those actually the Canadians just play Saturday. So at, minus the Canadians, the rest of the teams play Thursday. And then those fringe guys, I'd be chucking all those guys too, trying to stack up on this Sunday. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And then next week, um, there's not a ton of great schedules next week. It's another one of those those stinker weeks. We got Christmas Eve on Sunday, so there's no games on that day. Um, Detroit has by far the best schedule. They have four games with three off nights. No one even really comes close. Uh, you've got Winnipeg with three games, three off nights. They're probably the next best. Seattle and Montreal have three games with two off nights. Um However, no team plays fewer than three games. So there's none of these two game weeks, one game weeks. Um, so uh, th there are still a decent amount of games played uh, it, over uh, like across the whole league, um, despite there being no games on Sunday. Um, and then you've got to start the week next week, you've got Detroit, Seattle, Winnipeg that have the Monday, Wednesday start to the week. And then you've got the Minnesota Wild that have a Monday, Tuesday start. They are the only team that has that. So um, any notes on that, TJ? These kind of weeks, you know, with holidays that fall like this, the only real silver lining is your opponent's going to be handicapped too. So don't take Sunday as like a slight or a disadvantage because your entire league is going to be disadvantaged. So you really just got to focus on trying to get as much as you can during the week. Detroit's a perfect option for that, um, you know, minus Saturday, which is always a stack slate right before a holiday, probably even more stacked. 
those three off nights are going to be huge. Uh, Winnipeg's right up there. I'd, I'd probably, yeah, Winnipeg would be, Winnipeg and Detroit. Those would be the teams I would be looking at. And then the power play planner player to watch of the week is Joe Valeno. He is 5% rostered on Yahoo. He is currently playing on line one with Patrick Kane and Alex Dabrinkit. Doesn't get much better than that in Detroit. Uh, He's playing on power play one. He has three points in his last two games. He's played over 21 and a half minutes in each of his last three games, including the game where Dylan Larkin went down and David Perron got tossed. Um, Dylan Strom had a breakout season playing between these two wingers two years ago in Chicago. Maybe Valeno can get in on some of that magic. I don't know if they necessarily still have the same the same magic that they did a couple years ago. Um, but I, I mean, there's still something there. So I like this this look for Valeno, even just the minutes. Uh, but the opportunity is is key. He's not really a guy that that is, I mean, blowing people away with his underlying numbers or anything like that, which is what we like to look at here at apples and genos. But um, you can't deny that opportunity uh, with Larkin down to, to injury. You've got JT Comfer down to injury. David Perron's out for another five, four or five games uh, with the suspension. So that just means opportunity and Valeno is, is getting most of it. So um, that is the guy that, that you should be watching there. What do you think of Joe Valeno here? I feel like Detroit's they're treading water until yeah. Larkin comes back until they start getting healthy. So like part of me thinks that Valeno is not necessarily like solidified into this, but it seems like that middle six, like Rasmussen and Sprong have been flying together. So I, I feel like they're going to want to keep that line together. Cop and Raymond have been like for the most part together ever since Patrick came, came in. So I, I feel just like by the, process of elimination like that's Valeno's spot so until Larkin gets back I I really do I, I feel like Valeno is pretty safe up there and he's he'd be I like Rasmussen too I'm going to talk about him in a little bit but I think Valeno is is the ad coming up for this week he would be the player to watch for sure we got a question here from Dan B should I move Stutzla to get Maddie Kachuk in a bangers points league but no pims that's an interesting question what do you think about that TJ uh no you don't think so, eh? I that, why, that's why am tough. I thinking dynasty? I don't know. I like them both. Maddie Kachuk's having a down year. I feel like there's more runway with Stutzel. Um, is it a keeper, Danny? Yeah, that Does that's good to know too. That? Yeah, yeah. Tell us in the chat. We'll 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 get back to that too. Um, let's go to shift change. So that's our ad drop segment. Uh, it uh i'll we'll look at the top five most added skaters over the last 24 hours in yahoo 50 percent rostered or lower we've got alexander romanov number one at seven percent rostered bit of a bangers cats monster new york islanders have three games remaining this this week including tonight so a pretty good ad for a bangers cats league uh number two we've got philip de noah 21 percent He's playing tonight. They only have two games left this week, or two games at all this week, LA. Um, he's got, but Trevor Moore and Kevin Fiala have been flanking him on the wings pretty consistently. Um, and this line's been been sick. Uh, Deneau has uh, four points in his last four games himself. Moore, Trevor Moore is leading the team in, in goals, uh, which is crazy. Uh, and Kevin Fiala is Kevin Fiala. He's just going to do do what he does. So, um, yeah, I, I, I like that ad just for tonight. Um, Brendan Dillon 
is number three. He's 31% rostered. It seems like he people are rushing to pick this guy up whenever he scores a goal, but he had a he has a goal and an assist in his last two games. But his ice time's been down. He's he had 17 minutes two games ago, and he was 1447 last night, even with the goal. So not sure that I'm really super excited about Brendan Dillon. He is a he is a bangers cats guy though. So he bangs, yeah. Yeah, he definitely bangs. So so for next week, uh Winnipeg does have that pretty nice schedule. Um, so so maybe you want to be picking them up for for next week. Um, but I guess they only have one game left. We we talked about them as as one of the teams that only plays on Saturday for the rest of this week. So not sure that I'd really co-sign that ad, at least at this point. Number four, Hampus Lindholm. He's 50% rostered. Uh, he was quarterbacking power play one with with Charlie McAvoy at, out, but at practice yesterday they actually had DeBrusque, Geeky, and Shattenkirk with Pasternak and Marshan. What do you think about that look? I I have no idea. That doesn't look like a top power play unit, but I'm looking at the second power play unit, and there's not much, you know. I don't know what to make of this Boston <laughs> Bruins team. Yeah. Um, Shattenkirk, Lindholm. I'm personally, if I'm the coach, I'm putting Lindholm up there, but there's got to be a reason why they have him on the second power play unit right now. Uh, if he's cycling in, like there's going to be just as much a chance that he gets there too. But right now it's Shattenkirk. So, you know. Yeah. It, I, I almost think it's one of those situations where uh, you have these guys kind of like Shattenkirk. He didn't used to be like this, but where he play, they play third pair minutes and get top power play uh, and that's all they're really handles the yeah, uh, yeah. the keith Yandos, the tony d'angelo's tony d'angelo's been yep. been crazy for that this year uh john klingberg i guess now but although he's on ltir but uh, those type of players tyson berries um so i almost wonder if that's what they're doing with shattenkirk here with with mcavoy out just giving him that opportunity because like what else does he do um and then number five, we've got Sam Lafferty, who's 16% rostered. He's been super efficient this year. Uh, I but I mean, I mean, the Leafs, the Leafs had to deal him because uh, they had to get Ryan Reeves into the lineup, of course. Uh, him and his one goal on the season, playing four minutes a night, uh, needed him over Sam Lafferty for you know because he has two fights on the air, and and you know fights equals wins, right? Uh, yeah, it's, it's is it uh, is it working? Uh, it's you tell me. he's, he's awful. <laughs> he's so bad. Uh, I, I think Lafferty, you know, him and Dino make the most sense, but then, you know, here we go into the top five, most drop skaters and who's leading it off. Sam Lafferty. There he is. Sam uh, yeah. kind of weird. He, he is playing with Pedersen and Mikheyev, so not the worst depth depth stream, but yeah, I mean, uh, I, I imagine it's probably people that streamed him in for one night. Uh, cause they played last night, um, didn't really do much, had a hit and a block or something like that at 12 minutes of ice time. So he's not getting any ice time outside of five V five. You're just picking him up because of he's playing with Pedersen and he's been playing fairly well. So, um, I think there's probably better ads out there for sure. Uh, number two on the drops, David Perron, obviously 39% roster, but he's suspended right now. He was kind of a fringe roster player anyways going like he's he's he hasn't been rostered a ton he hasn't been producing very much um so not super surprising to see people getting off of him jared spurgeon 29 percent rostered has been getting dropped uh still rocking power play one didn't practice today so i don't know if that's why people were were dropping him but uh he is expected to play thursday so i don't know that i'd be moving off of jared spurgeon but it all depends on your league like if if you're in a uh, if you're if your league's not very deep 
um, if you're in a 10 team league or something, I don't think Spurgeon is a guy that you need to be rostering. So uh, Minnesota also only has two games uh, for the rest of the week. So um, I don't know. What do you think about Spurgeon, man? Is that a guy you, you target? Is that a guy that you roster? There's guys on this list when, when we get into like my drop, uh, both of them are D. Uh, you know, one of the guys yeah. I'd rather have than Spurgeon, but the, the second guy I'm going to talk about, I would rather have Spurgeon. Yeah. And it's, I, Minnesota has a pretty decent schedule next week, don't they? They're one of the four game teams. They have Is that uh, right or no? Yeah. And I think uh, they yeah. start the week Monday, Tuesday. Yeah. They have, Monday, they have Tuesday, a Monday, yeah. Tuesday start to the week. So. Um, definitely a guy that I would be I would be interested in. Uh, Nico Mikola, twelve percent rostered. He's been really solid for Perifs this year, especially when uh, he had some more ice time before Montour and, and Ekblad got back into the lineup. He's still doing his thing, so I'm not really I don't really understand that that trend. Uh, and then Michael Carconi, seven percent rostered, Mister fourteen goals on the season in ten minutes, average time on ice, uh, didn't score in the last game. So maybe people are just like, oh, he's not scoring anymore. But I, I don't really, I don't really understand. But uh, yeah. So uh, my ad of the week is, I mean, I already mentioned Joe Valeno. He's probably is my number one of the week. But Josh Norris is still only 30% rostered. And that absolutely needs to change. Ottawa has three games with three off nights to finish the week. Um they uh he's playing right now with Brady Kachuk and Claude Giroux and he's on power play one um he has two goals on 13 shots in his last three games so he is increasing his shot volume the last little bit uh and he seems to be getting comfortable um since he's been back from that injury and they're they're riding him he also hits which is a nice bonus not a ton but uh there is that um that aspect to his game um this I think is probably going to be your last chance to pick him up and potentially hold him for the rest of the season um so i would be definitely jumping on on norris uh michael asks is norris a hold i think he is a hold um depending on your league he is only center eligible so that's that that is tough like if, if you have um it's very possible that you have three centers that are better than norris um but he's he's right there i think he i think he is a hold um in a lot of situations what do you think do you think he's a hold I'm looking at this shot volume, and it's just hard to ignore. Over the last two weeks, only Brady Kachuk has more shots on this on the Ottawa Senators right now. Two goals, 24 shots. Like it's got a lot of powder keg type of feel to it. So I'm with you. Like if you're in a tough spot center wise, Josh Norris is going to be a hold. If not, he's just streaming in and out. Um, if there's somebody like you, you know, you're swapping that you're kind of sick of center wise, I'd make the swap for Norris. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm def- definitely with you there. Um, Dave also asks, could I pull off Erickson Eck and Ovi for Middlestat, Nyquist and Grandland, or am I dreaming? I get Ovi and Eck. You are definitely dreaming. There's no way anyone's doing that. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you can swing it, I mean, all the power to you. Uh, but I would be, I would be shocked if, if you could pull that off. All right. Yeah. That's uh, who, four who quarters for a dollar, you know, what's that? Four quarters for a dollar, you know, like both maybe they add up to the same in value, but one is is more valuable and it's the paper dollar. Absolutely. Absolutely. Where you're giving up more pieces for for, you know, the better pieces or or a loony uh, if you're Canadian. Looney. There you go. <laughs> uh, 
so I like Valeno as the ad, but I'm I'm sticking in Detroit. There's there's a few guys that I'm looking at, like I was saying about line three, Sprong, Rasmussen. Apparently, Justin Hull is on the third line too. Uh, you know, a bunch of injuries, bunch of suspensions going on, so they need to fill those gaps. And Justin Hull, I guess, is the guy. Uh, Sprong, seven percent rostered. He's out there, uh, right wing in his last fourteen days, eight games played. Six points, two goals, four assists, two power play points, 15 shots, three hits, a block. Average time on ice isn't good, which is why I favor Michael Rasmussen a little bit better. Three shorthanded points out of Rasmussen, which is wild. Seven points in his last eight games, 13 shots, five hits, seven blocks. So he's giving you a little bit of that. Uh, and the, the average time on ice is a lot better than it is for Sprong, keeping in mind that he is getting a lot of shorthanded time on ice. So I don't know how much offense like he's really he's really putting out there so take a look at the even strength Tom and ice see who's getting better but Rasmussen's playing better um you know that center position is still in swing I I said it before I'll say it again I, I think Valeno's safe there but they're going to be looking for stop gaps until uh Larkin gets back he's available on the 18th of next week so and that's that's not saying he's coming back then that's just when the IR threshold is over so you know somebody's got to play first line center until then and Jake Wallman always worth a look if you're looking at D I'd rather have Wallman I think than uh than Spurgeon but it's close it's it's really close and the only reason I would take Spurgeon over is if like your points where you're looking for power play points because Wallman's not getting any power play time right now but he is blocking a lot um and he's getting some points so those are those are the guys I'd be looking at if I'm ranking them Valeno number one Rasmussen uh, Robbie Fabry, Jesus, I missed him. Uh, he's on he's on one of his legendary unsustainable heaters <laughs> that Robbie Fabry does before he gets a season-ending injury. So this is a perfect time to get him. Line two, power play two, five goals, five assists, and that's on eleven shots. So unsustainable <laughs> Fabry, he's doing it. Uh, but unsustainable players, those are my favorite ones to stream. So uh, yeah. I like him up there with Rasmussen and Boleno. I was looking at him last night too, and I think he has something like a like a forty percent shooting percentage on the season or something right now. It's it's insane. Uh, but yeah, yeah, you you wonder if obviously he's not a forty percent shooter, but you wonder if he is just Mister Efficiency. But we just haven't seen it over an extended stretch because he gets hurt all the time. It's been uh, a long time, yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, yeah, I also love Daniel Sprong. Uh, I wish he got more minutes. I'd be all over him. Love what he does. Uh, but just for whatever reason, uh, no team likes to play him more than 12, 13 minutes a night. So uh, that's super unfortunate. My drop is Pierre-Luc Dubois. He is 52% rostered. He is cemented now on line three, power play two, has been for a while um he he uh has this year uh overall has his lowest ice time since the covid season uh when he got traded to winnipeg uh his average ice time is 1609 but his his ice time's actually been closer to like 14 15 minutes a night lately which is not what you like to see for dubois uh he has 11 points in his last 20 in 25 games this season and zero points in his last six games and only two assists in his last nine his shot rates are down considerably from the last two seasons. Uh, his hit rates are actually the lowest of his career. Um, so it's it's not looking good for Dubois fantasy owners. I don't own him any, anywhere, but the fact that he's still 52% rostered, um, I think that needs to change. Uh, I think it's pretty safe to drop him, especially with the tough schedule for LA to finish out the week. Um, I don't know, man. What are your thoughts on Dubois here? I, I, I want to like Dubois, but he's just 
not in a situation where uh, he's he's excelling at all. This is a perfect example of a center only player who's frustrating you that you might be able to switch out for a guy like Josh Norris. Or if you're looking for a streamer spot, you can run a Valeno and maybe PLD is your guy. Uh, he, to me, has the feel of somebody that will bounce back before season's end. And I'm not basing that around him as a player. I'm basing it around the Los Angeles Kings as an offensive powerhouse. So I, I think like he's just going to get some accidental collateral damage type points uh, through that. So if if you're going to dump PLD, you're taking the rearview mirror out of your car. You're not even going to look back. So do it. Don't feel bad about it. I would definitely... Um, Josh Norris would be like top of my list for somebody if you're looking for a C for C replacement and I'm down for it. He he's just not producing over the last two weeks, zero points. Uh, it's bad. It's pretty bad. <laughs> Who's your drop? My drop is uh, Tyson Berry. Um, and it, sh- it should be like, he's 51% and he's been getting scratched a lot yeah. over the last few weeks. So, mm-hmm. Knock it off, guys. You got to get this guy off your roster. Uh, you know, Andrew Burnett doesn't want him on his team. Why do you? Yeah. <laughs> so three points three points in his last 11 games. He's barely over one per game of shots, blocks. He has one hit over that span of his uh, last 11 games. You know, he's being scratched. He's being shopped around by Nashville. Uh, you know, there was that uh, those quotes that got out that, you know, his he's allowed to talk to teams and, it just seems like there's some dissonance going on between management and Tyson Berry uh, in a contract year, which is tough luck. So for me, Tyson Berry straight up off my teams. Yeah. I, was, I got, I want to talk about Brandon Montour here. He's on my <laughs> shit list. I have that here. Like, I'm not saying he's a drop, but two points this year. Granted, that's only 12 games. It's a 14 point pace. If he wasn't power play one, he would be the drop like I just I wanted to bitch about Montour a little bit like the the ceiling was so high uh coming off last year and it's just it's nowhere to be found yeah uh, something's up with like Florida and their total offensive output um yeah yeah their their power play conversion has been not what you'd expect it to be uh this year even though they're producing a ton under the hood like like brandon montour he's been super frustrating don't get me wrong like he's he's uh i have him in a couple spots where i drafted him uh to try and get really good value um just because he was hurt but uh under the hood though like last five games among defensemen fourth in the league in individual scoring chances four per 60 second in individual Corsi four per 60 and 18th in shots per 60 and then on ice numbers are crazy good because florida their on ice numbers are are always good uh fourth in Corsi four per 60 and fifth in scoring chances four per 60 so man he's still like He's still every doing everything you want him to do. He's just not getting on the board. So um, all the hoping. all the should be stats are there, but it's yeah. just we're waiting. I want to I want to put it this way: the Columbus Blue Jackets have scored more goals this year than the Florida Panthers. Just let that sink in a little bit. In, in two more games, in two more games, full transparency. But my point drives home with that statement i think this is kind of what florida was last year though too where they they produced a ton under the hood and just were snake bit all year and then just barely made the playoffs but this year i think their their goaltending has been a little bit better i mean i don't know i don't know they're just winning they're pulling out games a little bit a little bit better than they were most of the year last year so i don't know i don't know what it is man 
but if Matthew Kachuk can get going, um, this team yeah. is this team's going to be terrifying. Uh, let's go to from zero to hero, uh, where that's, that is our zero G segment. We'll look at the most added goalies over the last 24 hours. So number one is Ivan Prosvitov. He's 7% rostered. He's starting tonight. That's part of the reason that I think people are picking him up, but also Georgiev has been pretty bad the last couple, his last couple starts. So, uh, you wonder if Prosvitov maybe gets, gets a little bit more of a share uh, of the starts for the next little while. Number two, Sam Montembeau. 28% rostered. He's starting the next game. Uh, I mean, they're kind of going with that three goalie carousel in, in Montreal right now. It seemed like maybe that when they signed Montembeau to the new contract that he was going to get a bit of a run, but they're, they're still just going him, Primo Allen. And yeah, you just don't want to be rostering any of those Montreal goaltenders. They're not a good enough team to really put any stock into, into a three goalie carousel. So, um, yeah, not not a big fan of that. Uh, number three, Jonathan Quick, forty seven percent rostered. He had a shutout last week. Um, Shesterkin's been really bad the last little while. Uh, allowed six goals against the Leafs last night. Uh, looked not sharp. He just was not finding pucks the way that he normally does. Um, so I don't know. You wonder if Jonathan Quick maybe gets some some time. What do you think, man? Like. Are you are you going to roster Jonathan Quick? He's he's too much of a wild card for me. He's so so hot and cold. I mean, in terms of backups, he's got to be like one of the most confident plays in the league. Yeah. In terms like you know, there's Varlamov out there, but Quick has got to be like, and just based on Shest, like I sh- I feel like Shesty's been playing too much over the last few years that maybe they just slow him down they pump the brakes yeah. for a couple weeks give quick a couple more starts than he would have normally been seeing so if you've got the room on your roster to make quick a hold uh you'll probably get you know close to 40% of new york starts over the next couple weeks but i don't think there's any certainly not a battle going on for the net um no. it's it's more yeah it's just you know oil change or a pit stop or whatever yeah. what have you yeah, for sure. They just need to give uh, Shesterkin a break there, just to to kind of to kind of recalculate. Uh, number yeah. four is Joey Decord. He's seven percent rostered. Um, had a shutout the other night against Florida last night. Florida not scoring goals, uh, and uh, he's going to get a run here. Group hours hurt. Um, the last time they called up Chris Dreger, I thought maybe he would get some some net. He's he hasn't got it so. Uh, Joey Decord actually isn't the worst option in the world. Um, the Seattle's defense has actually been pretty solid. They haven't been allowing very much, um, but they they just haven't been scoring the same way that they have uh, that they were last year. Um, and their goaltending's been as bad or worse than it was last yeah, year. Yeah, it's always been bad. It's yeah, always been bad. <laughs> it's not good. Uh, number five, Peter Morazic, 24% rostered. He's actually been looking pretty good lately, but uh, again, another guy that like, I mean, I watched him in Toronto. He is the most mind. I watched him in Philly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You see, you know, this guy doesn't know where his posts are. And, and like every once in a while, he'll have a stretch of games where he just gets lucky, where he just dies all over the place and stops a million pucks. Cause he's super athletic, but then he hurts himself. And he comes back and he just like, I, I've never seen a goalie that just like is so out of position so much. He's, he's crazy. Um, so yeah, he's just having that little hot stretch he has every year in Chicago. So I, I would not be touching Morazic, not even close. Uh, 
the most dropped goalies over the last 24 hours. We have Alex Lyon, who's 41% rostered. Another three-goalie carousel going on. James Reimer's been back in the net after not playing for a long stretch of time. I don't know what the hell they're doing there. Uh, and then, so yeah, Alec, uh, Reimer got a start. And then uh, Huso got a start the other night. So I don't know what they're doing with Alex Lyon. He seemed to be the best of the three. Um, but man, it's so weird. All of these three goalie carousels. It's fucking I, sw- I swear to God. I swear to God. If this is a fucking trend, I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> this better not be like the new thing. Yeah, then it's then everyone's going zero G. Then you're not you're not going to have any any we competitive just, we advantage. We need a hard movement. There needs to be a hard movement for team goalies. Yeah. And, and that's going to be the one. Like, you know, just draft a team, how their goalies do. <laughs> yeah. Fuck, man. We're, we're thinking about Buffalo. I mean, Carolina was kind of there with Kach- yeah. Kachikov. But, you know, and then... We're talking about Montreal and here we are in Detroit. Like, yeah, this sucks. I hate it. It's brutal. It's, it's really awful. Uh, number two, Sam Urson. What do you think of Sam Urson? My friend, he's a guy that I talked about last year. Uh, yeah. As when I was writing zero G articles as someone that, that could potentially, um, get some time and play pretty well. But, uh, I mean, he hasn't been outstanding, but he's been all right. Uh, he's the best of the group in terms of like who's behind Hart. I remember, you know, a couple years back, I was I was on a show with uh, Victor Nuno and Jesse, um, and we were talking about like you know Arison versus uh, Sandstrom, and I had the edge to Arison, and he, you know he's there, he's doing it. Um, this could be another three goalie monster if you know Cal Peterson pokes his head out, <laughs> which is so dumb. Um, uh, I don't know. Urson, I, I feel like it was a spot start, so that explains the drops. A lot of these guys are going to fit that mold. Um, but I like him as far as a backup goalie goes. I don't know if he's a long-term backup option for the team, maybe not for your fantasy team, but yeah. Um, in terms of Philly, I'm, I'm happy with him. Martin Jones is getting dropped as well. 16% rostered. I'm surprised he's 16% rostered. Uh, somebody had, we, we also both got to see on our home teams. Yeah. I mean, he, that was his first, first start in Toronto. Uh, he looked okay. He wasn't terrible. There was one goal where he slid way too far to the right and they just had a wide open net that, that Wheeler just popped it in and you're like, okay, that's, that's kind of what you expect. But I think the Leafs have a good enough defensive system that I think, uh, I think he'll probably be okay. But yeah, I mean. Uh, we'll see how it goes. It's one game, but yeah, I'm not surprised that he's getting dropped, but yeah, this, the most shocking thing is, <laughs> is that he's 16% rostered. That's that's yeah, that he was picked up in the first place. That's incredible. Um, James Reimer, 8% rostered. He's getting dropped. Uh, yeah, got a, got a spot start there. Didn't look very good. He's, he's really struggled this year. And then Dustin Wolf, 11% rostered. He actually hasn't been that bad. He's been not great. Not like he hasn't been putting up his AHL numbers. Um, he's not living up to the hype that everyone seemed to, to hype him up for. Everyone's thinking he's going to be rookie of the year candidate if he gets in the lineup. And if he takes that starting position, that seems to be the energy around Dustin Wolf. But I mean, he's been okay. He's, he, he's been totally fine. Um, and I mean, he's been better than Vladar, so uh, I, I I wouldn't be surprised if he does get a bit of a run here uh, with Markstrom out. But yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see what happens there. Uh, as soon as as soon as he gets some leash, I think Dustin Wolf's going to be somebody that you know he's going to be up there with like Devin Levi. He's going to be 
you know, he'll have those stretches where, you know, he really makes a name for himself. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. The biggest steamer of the week. Uh, that's where we talk about uh, the shittiest performance uh, from goaltending uh, over the past week. Uh, there were a lot of stinkers this week. A lot of sub 800 save percentage goaltending performances. Uh, we'll highlight some of the big names at the bottom, though. Jordan Binnington had an 816 in two games. He's coming back down to earth. St. Louis has struggled. Jake Ottinger, an 818 at 5v5 save percentage in two games. Uh, and then Igor Shesterkin, we mentioned him before, but he had an 830 in two games. And then Georgiev, again, we mentioned him too, but he had an 844. Um, and then Antti Ranta seems to be on this list every single week. I don't know what the hell is going on with Ranta, but uh, he had a 778 in one game. I just wanted to, to point that out there. Like he's he's had some sub 800, 700 performances this year. I don't know what's going on there, but at the same time, I'm still like, I'm still interested. I, I, I don't think he's just forgotten how to play. Um, but yeah, we'll, we're going to talk about Ranta in a minute, I think. Um, let's go to Tandem Trouble. So, uh, Philip Grubauer is injured, as I mentioned before. I think Decord's going to get a run. Um, I mean, we already kind of mentioned that before. Dustin Wolf has started three out of the last four games. So, a little bit more on Dustin Wolf. Um, yeah, he's he's been better than than Vladar. I think there is a pretty good chance that he gets a few games in a row here. Um, and then uh, the other uh, the other thing to look out for is in Buffalo, uh, UPL is getting the start tonight after Devin Levi started three in a row. Uh, Levi had a 942 save percentage in those three games. So I think of UPL, UPL was kind of starting to, to come back down to earth uh, before he got sick. Um, so I wonder if if UPL uh, stinks it up tonight, if Devin Levi kind of takes his his uh, his spot as the starting goaltender in Buffalo finally, because Eric Comrie is just a write off. Like I don't even know why he's there. I don't know why he hasn't been put on waivers uh, at this point. It's 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 shocking to me. Um, he stinks he's he's by far the worst of the three but levi seems to be kind of figuring himself out here so um i don't know what do you think about that buffalo situation we kind of i mean we've uh, we've kind of exhausted three goaltender carousels but this is kind of starting to narrow itself out i mean they were doing it last year too weren't they yeah they were that's true yeah and for this whole time i'm like okay that you know they're they're flexing a little bit and then they're going to trade a goalie and it just hasn't happened they're just yeah still doing it and it i don't know if it's three horse race and they're gonna see who wins it out or if there is no winner and all of us are the losers and we just have to deal with the three goalie <laughs> rotation for the rest of our lives i don't know <laughs> I, I wish i knew um yeah I, depending on the week like there's a different worst goalie upl what was it like two weeks ago he was having a really good stretch um, Comrie, the same thing every once in a while, he's, he's doing well to me. Levi's the guy that's going to, it's going to be his net. Um, eventually if they get rid of one of these guys, whether by trade or I don't know how they do it, but yeah, I'm frustrated, man. I'm frustrated <laughs> with this. Yeah, man. I, I am too. It's, it's really, uh, um, going zero G has been a little more difficult. Um, cause people just haven't been getting runs. Uh, there, there's been a lot of tandems, a lot of three goalie carousels. So you have to stream a lot more. Like there's not, 
there haven't been as many as many people that you can grab and hold on to for the rest of the season um, when you're going zero G's. But I mean, I still I still think that uh, I still think it's the way to go. Um, but it, it it has been a little more trying this year. Um, yeah. And the, I mean, if we look back to last year, the guys who really stood out, they kind of came out of the woodwork at the turn of the new year. So if we're you know if we're going to pace that out. You know the Gus bus, right? It was it was like January, I think, when he started really making his emergence. Um, you know, maybe I got that wrong, but it just it feels like mid-season, the second half is when these these guys like really make themselves a hold. Uh, so there might be time <laughs> to right. find you know somebody that worth holding. But it, it does seem like you know I was listening to you guys um, hype up Forsberg, and I feel like he's somebody that you know is going to get some run coming up here. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely possible. Corpus Corpusello's kind of had a couple couple good games in a row though, and he's getting the money. So I don't I don't know. We'll see. But I still like Forsberg. I still think that there's 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 something there. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, so let's go to zero to hero, which is uh, our our little competition that we do every week. It was between me and Banksy. Uh, Banksy stepped down from Apples and Genos, so now we're kind of turning it into Hutch versus. Uh, so Round basic, Robin. basically anyone that anyone that wants to take me on, uh, every week, whatever guest is on the show, whether it's Nate or Blake or, or, or TJ or whoever, whoever comes on with me, uh, they're going to, they're, they're going to take me on and try and take me down. Uh, I have a four, two lead on the season. Most of that was against Binksy. Uh, Nate beat me last week. So I'm actually on a two week losing streak. Uh, Nate, oh, I'm doing. I'm doing you a favor. I know we we have the same notes here, so you know I'm doing you a favor with this. But <laughs> yeah. I'm taking a risk. I'm yeah, taking a risk. Uh, and so Nate beat me last week. He had Charlie Lindgren, who had 19 and a half kickoffful points. I picked Alex Lyon, who they decided to just not play anymore, uh, and he had 0. 0.3. Uh, so yeah, getting screwed by the goaltending carousel. Uh, as we've been talking about for most of this episode. Um, so yeah, TJ, who is your pick? I'm going to give the first pick to you this week. Well, not that I would need it because I'm taking anti Ranta. Um, and I feel like he'd be, he'd be available to me at two overall. Um, it's a gut feeling. And sometimes I chase these things. He hasn't had a good game since, uh, the middle of like a month ago. And that was a nine <laughs> against Pittsburgh. Um, and since then, it's just been nothing but skid marks in his underwear nonstop since. But he's got three games this week. And, you know, Freddie Anderson is, is a no-show at this point. So it's him and Kachikov. Kachikov's looking better. But we're looking at Nashville, Washington, Vegas. Vegas is going to be a tough bout no matter what you do. Washington and Nashville are kind of like middle of the pack. But here's the kicker. Nashville has a back-to-back with Carolina. And then they go into a second game. Washington, same deal. It's the first of two. Um, so they're not going to be tired teams, but they're going to be teams that know they have another game going. And I don't know if, you know, Carolina, are they a team you play your starting goalie against? Like, I, don't, I they're not as intimidating as they were three years ago, yeah. um, two years ago, last year. So I do think we see sorrow. So I don't know if we're getting a win. Um, Kemper, Lindgren, whoever it might be in Washington, you have as good a chance to win the game as Carolina does. So um, I think we're going to see a bunch of shots and a good chance of pulling out a win here. Vegas, 
they're going to lose that game. They're going to lose that game. So maybe <laughs> drop it before them. But, so you got to just hope that that uh, Kachekov gets the start uh, when when they play Vegas. With Vegas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I am. I'm taking a chance here, and I just have a weird feeling. Uh, I think Ranta is going to do hopefully something. You're going to have to update me next week or don't if you want to spare my feelings. Um, because, yeah, I, this is uh, – Ranta is a tough spot. We'll, we'll see, spot. man, because I, I picked Joey Decord. It's actually – man, it's been a it, – it's a tough week. It's a tough week for picking zero G guys. Um, I would have gone with Elvis Merzlikens because he's kind of been my old faithful. I keep going with him, um, but he's been sick, so I don't know if he's going to be back. And uh, he's also playing Toronto, New Jersey, and Buffalo. And I don't want any of that noise uh, for Merzlikens. Um, they're three of the better offensive teams in the league so don't like that at all uh but decord seven percent rostered he's gonna get the run i mentioned it a couple times um they have three games with no back-to-backs over that stretch so chances are he's gonna play all of them uh, they have one game against chicago as well so um that's actually tomorrow night so um hopefully they'll they'll get the win there uh seattle's been pretty spotty but uh hopefully they can score some goals and and decord can can play even just sort of okay um joey okay joey okay yeah that's right yeah uh uh, yeah i mean i mentioned before they've played really well defensively they don't they don't give uh their goaltenders a lot of high danger scoring chances so but i mean neither of these guys can could really make a save this year decord has been slightly better than grubauer so I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens. But I am I'm I'm planting my flag. I'm going with Joey Decord. So it's Decord versus Ranta, locked oh. in. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll see what happens next week. I will I will update you, TJ. I will I'll talk about it on the pod for sure. All right, let's go to the mailbag, uh, the hockey hotline, as we like to call it. Um, I'm gonna start with our updated question from Dan here because he was talking about it in here oh i gotta scroll way back in the youtube chats um hold on a second my league is redraft so we, he was talking about Matty kachuk for tim stutzla he said my team is redraft i have barkov and montour already um for that stutzla to Matty kachuk question i also already have mcdavid hyman and bouchard stack so i don't know if two stacks is too much i don't i mean i mean if you're gonna have two stacks those are probably the stacks to have florida and edmonton um yeah i I've, i think in a one year kachuk kachuk is definitely the right move um yeah yeah i, I man yeah it, it stutzla is is a tough one because i feel like he's on the ups um but i mean ottawa they've kind of been mixing the lines around a little bit um they haven't really had st- steady deployment i mean he always is going to get power play one but they're also one of those teams that splits up their power plays and kind of plays them even ice time. Actually, the power play that's been playing slightly more lately has been what you would consider to be power play too with Tarasenko, Giroux, um, Matthew Joseph, Dominic Kubelik, and Jacob Chikrin. Um, So, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I still, I like Matty Kachuk. I think that that still is a buy low situation. So, um, if you want to do that stack, I, I would probably support that. Well, this is like a you know low for low type of of sale here, right? Like yeah. this is two buy lows getting traded for another. So yeah, you know. So it's whoever you value slightly more. 
what I will say is like, even though you do have those two really, really big stacks, like every single piece of those two stacks is a good trade chip. So if you find yourself getting too, you know, cluttered on days where both of those teams play, because that's that's like, I mean, I'm thinking about my leagues now. That's half my roster just between those two teams. If they both get blanked, then I might get screwed. But those are two, you know, traditionally high offensive teams. So they should be good, especially in the Bengals points like you're talking about. Um those are guys that you can move around. Like you're, you're going to hold McDavid, but Hyman is easily tradable and you could get somebody on a different team that diversifies your squad, maybe sets you up for playoffs. If somebody has a better playoff schedule, Hyman's a perfect guy to be moving. Uh, Bouchard, I'm too interested in what Bouchard is, so I would want to hold on to him. Uh, Montour, if he ever gets going, you could probably sell him. And Barkov, same deal. Uh, between Barkov and Kachuk, whoever you do decide to maybe move to stack yourself up for the playoffs, both of which are going to give you a pretty good return, no matter what you do. So even if you do have stacks, you find yourself a little too stacked, you can move. All right. Our boy Blake Creamer asks, can you talk about the St. Louis Blues and what you think will happen with players like Kairou, Booch, and Neighbors with the coaching change? What do you think, man? What do you think is going to happen in St. Louis? It's hard to know because, like you said, Bannister is kind of an unknown commodity we don't we don't really know yeah what kind of style of coach he is so i don't know what do you think man a lot of these like mid-season i mean it happened with baruby he was a mid-season coaching change and then he wound up taking the guys to the stanley cup so this interim tag could wind up being for the rest of the year unless they do go shopping for somebody like woodcroft god forbid mike babcock comes out of the woodwork again <laughs> jesus christ but you know, there's guys out there that they're going to want to start interviewing. So maybe um, Bannister, I think it was Drew, Drew Bannister. There was a guy at a the bar I used to work at whose name was Dan Bannister. So I'm, that's going to be terrible for me. I'm going to get that mixed <laughs> up a lot. But Drew Bannister, shout out Dan Ban. But uh, yeah, Drew Bannister, we'll see what he winds up doing. I think he's going to want, he's going to slide in. He's going to keep things the way they are, I think, for at least a couple games just to see where his stylistic preferences are going to be with how these players are used to playing he's going to want to see them at least in my opinion in like their natural ish environment he's going to want to see how these guys mesh with each other and then tweak where he thinks those changes need to happen um as far as what i think is going to change i think booch is going to keep on moving like he, he had a really really slow start but he's been he's been kicking it up kairu is somebody that like should be doing a lot better. Rob Tom the same way. Neighbors, I'm pleasantly surprised with. I feel like there's going to be, I don't know, maybe mixes and matches the lines, but I, I feel like the top six is going to stay the top six. Just look at the lineup. Like, I don't see a lot of stuff that's really changeable. Maybe Shen slides over and, and Kevin Hayes goes back to the center and Shen moves to the second line. There, there's going to be a little bit of movement. I, I don't think we're going to ride with the same lines forever. I think the top line probably stays the same. Maybe Buchnevich slides up. We'll see what he does. Um, hopefully the power play starts to kick. That would be awesome if that happens. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I, I I, hope that they lean to a, a, a true PP1 because Berube kind of has been known for splitting things up. But I mean, of late, they kind of, he, he was kind of leaning towards just using power play one. But you got to play him. You got to play him a good chunk of your, your the, the power play minutes. 
Um, you can't be throwing power play two on after a minute of, of ice time. So, um, yeah, I think, I think getting, keeping Tory Krug uh, on that top power play. Uh, and yeah, you got a AHL guy with Perunovic. Like yeah. he is an AHL guy. So. Yeah. Maybe? I don't know. I don't know. Perunovic, uh, Perunovic has got to, oh, well, I mean, he's got to get an opportunity, right? So maybe, maybe that's, maybe that's a, a coaching change that, uh, that, that you see is, is getting Perunovic more consistent minutes, um, so that he can kind of find his footing in the league like that, that, that they kind of have to move towards a bit of a youth movement there. Cause they're, they're in a transition period, uh, in St. Louis. It's kind of, kind of, I don't know. I kind I don't know how to, how to, how to pin it down. Um, pleading asks what's going to happen with Carolina's lines of Svetch misses significant time. I mean, well, uh, if we know Rod the bod, we know that. He's just going to keep <laughs> mixing things up and rolling yeah. them. Uh, Same got... thing we do every day, Pinky. <laughs> we got Stefan. going to throw shit at the wall. <laughs> we got Stefan Nason on a line with Aho and yeah. Jarvis the other night. Uh, and they also, Tony D'Angelo had been a healthy scratch for 10 straight games. They put him back in the lineup, play him nine minutes, and he played power play one. Like, that's that's so raw the bod. It's it's insane. Um I, I just don't understand that team. I think honestly his uh his coaching style seems to be catching up with them a little bit. All of that that yeah. negative karma that he's getting uh, for screwing over all of all of us fantasy owners. Uh it's finally coming back to bite him in the ass. Uh, cuz Carolina they're not at the top of the league anymore. So I don't know man yeah. like I don't know what else to say about that. Do you have any anything concrete? No, I mean, that's exactly what I was going to say. Is It's going to be exactly the same. If Swetch misses time, if Swetch is in the lineup, it's going to be different lines every single day, yeah. no matter what you do. It's Carolina. That's what we do. <laughs> uh, V105 Memorial asks, just traded JT Miller for Jack Hughes. Uh, looks like in a Cats League with goals, assists, points, power play points, PIMS, plus minus, game-winning goals and blocks. Did I win? Uh, I would say yes, considering there's no hits. Uh, as yeah. a category, I think uh, that's that's huge. Like Hughes shoots a ton more, although it doesn't look like you look like he have shots on goal either. But uh, his points upside yeah. is way higher than JT Miller's. I think Miller is definitely a sell high right now. Um, he's just like scoring at an unsustainable level. I I love JT Miller, but uh, I I yeah, I think I think you win that trade for sure. Yeah. Sounds like you're I don't on board. Think yeah. yeah, not enough banger stats to really like, you know, JT Miller is a, a unicorn. If you have like shots, if you have everything he does, <laughs> then he's a unicorn because he does so much. But it doesn't look like you guys are counting the things that that Miller really excels at. There's a lot of offensive focus in your categories, um, even with game winning holes. Like that's a that's a really random stat. And if I'm betting who's going to score more goals, I'm probably going Jack Hughes. Yeah, 100 percent, 100 percent. Our boy Binksy, Binklemania asks, who is the rest of season winner in Philly aside from Konechny? I'm assuming this is directed towards you, TJ. So is this like an MVP type? I, thing? I guess Who's so, yeah. Like, like, a, like a fantasy MVP. Like who would you who would you pick outside of Konechny? I mean, Coots is up there. I think Sandheim's doing his thing. I mean, these are these are not guys that you're, you know, you're picking up on the waiver wire. If we're looking for somebody that you can add to your team Bobby Brink when he's playing I think he's electric um Atkinson's kind of doing he's he's not like 
it's not a full renaissance, but he's not useless. He's kind of like James Van Reems. Like he's doing the same shit that JVR was doing for us. Yeah. So um, I don't know if there's any real like league winners on this team. Konechny's up there for sure. Uh, but I think the guys I would rank behind him in terms of value, all positions considered, Sandheim's up there. I think Coots is going to, you know, start doing his thing again. Um, Forrester is really interesting, but I don't know. Torts is Torts is kind of like Rod, but instead of like switching lines, he scratches people. So I don't know if Forrester is going to be down the line if he's going to be one of those guys. It's right now it's been like Brink and Frost who have been seeing that kind of shaft, but I don't know. Um, so safely, I, I just say Coots and Sandheim would be the the next most valuable guys. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, no. I, first of all, I agree. Um, what about Owen Tippett? How do you feel about him? Because I feel like he, oh shit, yeah, he has like insane underlying numbers. Um, he had that kind of kind of looked like he was going to break out this year, and just, just hasn't had the consistent ice time. Because Torts is another guy, kind of like Rod the Bod, where he's just mixing up the lines. Atkinson too, I think, has really nice underlying numbers, but just hasn't gotten the consistent ice time uh, to really produce and, and no, especially lately he he hasn't been putting the putting the points on the board but yeah Owen no tipper he he slipped my mind so yeah uh good call um hits blocks shots i'm a big fan is he leading the team in shots right now i would yep. think so yeah i haven't looked it up yep. but uh he's shooting at a ridiculous level yeah he's up there and i mean we've been talking about this i think we talked about it um i think it was on with blake but the Flyers are a weird team that, you know, the top line gets their minutes, but then the other three lines are like between 14 and 16 minutes. There's no real disparity between those. And, and tips is kind of, he's one of those kids that's going to be in that middle 15 ish range. So when yeah. you look at his time on ice and you're like, yeah, I wish it would go up. It's not gonna, uh, it's Tortorella. So like, that's the upper bound. That's good time on ice for the Flyers. 15 minutes. Super unfortunate. I, 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 Really hope that that uh, something happens where he gets a little bit more ice time and maybe maybe uh, more consistent power play one time. But yeah, another team like Ottawa where they split the power plays as well, which I just don't fucking understand that. Like that that's that's an insane way of doing things. Um, L Pexin in the chat asks, I got offered Tage Thompson for Evander Kane. Should I accept Cats Bangers League? Uh, already have Brady Kachuk and Radko Gudis. I think absolutely smash the accept button on Tage Thompson um it's like a buy low sell high situation Evander Kane obviously gets the shots gets the hits but if you've got Brady and Gudis already there who are yeah. who are monsters peripherally um yeah I'd be mashing except button because Tage Thompson's offensive upside uh, especially for goals uh goals and shots it, it's just like yeah I think that's a no-brainer for sure yep Dominating cats is fun, but you got Brady, you got Gudis. You're probably going to be competitive in those cats already. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that kind of makes Evander Kane redundant at that point. You get Tage, you're gonna you're gonna lift other parts of your team. Yeah, for sure. You're gonna you're gonna have like a it's gonna be a wash in terms of shots essentially. Um, and then, I mean, the other thing about hits and blocks is that they're really easy to to get off the waiver wire, so you can. I mean, you can you can find that pretty much week to week through streamers. So, um, yeah, with a nice base with Gudis and, and Kachuk, I think you're okay getting rid of Evander Kane. Um, Kanban asks, "What the heck is wrong with 
John Carlson? Is he officially washed? Should I be desperately trying to deal him for another power play one defenseman that might actually produce? What do you think, man? Is he washed? Um, I think the team is taking a nosedive, but it's also kind of starts and ends with Ovi, who just his his goal output hasn't been where it should have been. So uh, the overall points is going to go down because he was driving so much of that offense uh, that a lot of a lot of the players like Backstrom, you know, leaned on him for a lot of his point production. Um, yeah, I know Backstrom's not playing, but you know, I'm thinking historically here, and Carlson's no different. He's the, the puck goes through Ovechkin, and if he's kind of the keystone that holds it all together, and it's just not working right now. So I, I don't think it's like he's totally worthless, but is he done being a top five, top ten defenseman? I think so, yeah. Yeah, it's it's much more of a team situation than it is him being washed. Like, I think he's still putting up really nice individual numbers uh, under the hood. Like um, I, I was looking it up and he's still, he's still top 20 in the league and all of the important rate stats that we like to look at here individually. Um, but it's his, uh, it's the uh, on ice stats that are brutal because Washington is just terrible this year. Um, and yeah, essentially all their players are aging out. Ovechkin for whatever reason is just not putting the puck in the net. I don't know what's going on there. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it sucks. I still think he's a very rosterable player. That's the, that's the other thing. Like he still is, he's getting blocks. Um, he's still shooting the puck a ton. He's still putting up like, okay points. It's just not world beater uh, league winner points. Uh, like he's, he's more like a, like a 3d at this point, which is unfortunate, but I, I do think that there is potential for it to turn around. I think Ovechkin is still putting up good enough numbers under the hood that he should get some puck luck. But like every game I'm looking at it, I have him in the couple every game. Yeah. I look at a stat line and I'm like, Oh, Washington scored four goals. Surely Ovechkin's got one of those goals or has an assist or something. And there's nothing. It's crazy. I, I've, I, I don't know what's going on no, with him. Him, him and Matty Kachuk have just not been getting lucky this year. Yeah. Um, and it's not that they're not getting lucky. They're unlucky. So yeah. it, it's working against them in terms of Carlson, like everything I'm looking at in terms of his like, you know, rate stats, it all can be pretty much explained away with a drop in overall team scoring a yeah. lot of it. And that's, I mean, it's sad to see, but as soon as, as soon as the machine starts working, I, I can see these numbers coming back up. All right. Wick asks, uh, may have been mentioned, but speculatively, who has the better rest of season potential, Charlie Lindgren or Devin Levi? This is tough because Washington does not have the aforementioned three goalie carousel going on. But I do think that Devin Levi has more potential to take the reins than Lindgren does in Washington. Like, I, I think that Kemper is still playing relatively well. I think it's more likely for them to stick in a tandem than it is for, uh, uh than it is for, for Lindgren to just take over and, and be like a 60, 40 starter. Um, but I, I, I do think that Buffalo at some point, I mean, I mean, we are, we did already kind of talk about this, but, uh, I think it's more likely that Levi is going to to get a run than it is for Lindgren to to be a 60-40 starting in Washington. I don't know. Do you agree with that, or or what what's your take here? 
I think it's going to be quality and quantity. Like Lindgren right now is a is a flashy guy because he is playing well, but I think that's that's going to go away faster than Levi's quant like quality stats versus quantity stats. Lindgren is probably going to get more games, so volume is something that you're after. Lindgren, I think, between the two, is a better rest of season potential. But if quality stats is something you're after, I think Levi is going to be better for your team just based on save percentage, uh, wins, goals allowed average, whatever you're after. But if you're just looking for saves and starts, I think Lingren's your guy. Yeah, much more upside in in, in Levi. So if, you, if you're looking for that, um, then then, then uh, I think that's that's to be considered too. Aztec asks, hints or RNH in a one-for-one? One. Goals, assists, plus minus, Tim's power play points, shots on goal, hits, blocks, rotisserie keeper. That's really tough. Um uh, Hints is a weird one where he is just Mr. Efficiency, but hasn't been efficient this year. Um, so like he doesn't put up the shots. Um, he doesn't put up a ton of shots, uh, but he scores more goals than RNH. Um, so I would be more comfortable. <sighs> that that's tough because RNH is in a situation where um he could get 50 power play points. Yeah, in a, in a vacuum, yeah. absolutely it's Rupe hints, but in the team situation, uh RNH is 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 pretty comparable. Like I think they're both probably point per game guys. Um but I mean, you're not you're not looking at individual rate stats uh or or I don't know, like in these categories. Uh, it's it's all about the the counting stats. So um I don't know. I don't know who I'd go with here. What do you think, TJ? I'm with you. Like it's a really, really tough one because these guys are two very different players that are kind of in the same tier, and it's hard with apples and oranges at this point. I like RNH because power play points are so hard to come by, and him yeah. being on that power play one, like like you said, and I'm on the same page as you. These guys are probably going to finish in the same five point range at the end of the season the difference being that rnh is going to litter all over hints with power play points and i think that for me is the deciding factor like last year rnh like as unsustainable as the year was the guy had 50 what 53 power play points it was <laughs> it's stupid yeah. and for that to happen again it could very well happen it could happen again yeah. just based on being next to Connor mcdavid on that power play um it being a keeper wants me to tip the scales back to hints just because you're going to get a couple extra years out of him. But yeah. I think I got to go RNH in this one because I'm always trying to um, for something like this where you're where you're making a move. I'm going to assume that you want to win and do that sooner rather than later. And you're not thinking about the future. So for me, it's it's RNH based just on the power play points. Yeah, I think I'm That's with you there. Swing. I think I'm with you there. I, I, I like hints better as a player. Um, but I think, I think you've got to, you got to go with that Edmonton situation, especially now that they're figuring things out. Uh, and then our last yeah. question that we'll take is from Wyle Wubis. Uh, how are Tage Thompson's underlying stats looking, uh, at the end of the year, I'll be forced to choose between, uh, keeping either him or Barkov. Just curious who has the better stats under the hood. That's another really tough situation. Um, and also, I, I mean, another, another similar situation where, um, the team situation for Barkov is better than Thompson. And, and, and I know that with the eye test, you don't necessarily feel that way, but Buffalo doesn't actually generate a ton offensively. Um, Florida does. And uh, 
Barkov's on ice stats are considerably better than Tage Thompson's. It's not even close. Thompson's also his individual stats are down quite a bit. His shot rates are the lowest since his first year in Buffalo. So before his breakouts. Um, but part of that is is they've kind of been mixing the lines around quite a bit. They, and he's been hurt at times too. He's been in and out of the lineup um, and has struggled to get going. So I think at the start of the year, if you would have asked me this question, I would have said Tage Thompson, absolutely. Um, but it, it, it's tough. Um, Thompson's going to score more goals. That's the thing. So if you're if your points weigh, uh, if it's a straight points league, I might lean more towards Barkov because I think he has more, um, like he's going to get more points. Uh, but I think Thompson uh, is is a hundred percent going to score more goals. So um, if you're waiting, uh, your if your points waiting is is, is uh, if you have goals worth more than assists, which typically that's the way it is. Um, I'd probably still go with Tage Thompson. He also shoots more, um, most <laughs> uh, in a regular situation. So. Uh, I don't know what, what, what's your thought there? The usage uh, of Thompson is a little bit concerning to me. His ozone start percentage has gone down something fierce. Uh, last year it was like 64%. This year it's almost 50%. So he's getting leaned on in the defensive zone a hell of a lot more than he was last year. And, you know, in 21, 22, it was closer to 60 his first year in Buffalo was under 50, but now it's back to 50. And I don't know what it is like a guy who had that strong of an offensive year. Why are they putting him in the defensive zone? Like, and it can't be explained away with more time on ice because he's gotten 20 seconds. So it's not like he's just getting more starts zone starts. He is getting around the same amount of time on ice. And I don't know, like everything about Tage Thompson's year last year, felt like kind of an, a one-year outlier where we've seen repeated success from Barkov. So for me, it's an easy Barkov. Um, but then again, we're we're making keeper decisions in the second week of December. So my answer yeah. could very well be different, uh, you know, come May. Uh, but right now, I'm looking at Barkov as the safer pick, ceiling pick, I think, is Tage, just based on pure, you know, fantasy point output because of those goals that you were talking about. But I think Barkov is probably the conservative like floor pick for me. Yeah, no, I think you're I think you're right about that. It, it, it's the the thing with me about about keepers is like you kind of you kind of want to look at ceiling uh, when you're when you're keeping people year after year. But yeah, this is it's really close. Essentially, this is like you could go either way, and I don't think you're really upset about it. Um, but yeah, so that's a that's a tough, tough man. Sure, yeah, tough way to end the episode. Hints yeah, and R H and then Tage and Barkov. Yeah, they're are... they're they're hitting us with the with the the hard hitting questions here in the Discord. Yeah. Love it, love to see it. Uh, well, that's all we have for tonight. TJ, do you want to plug anything before we shut things down here? Uh, I mean, I'm working on fhfhockey.com. Uh, it's kind of in the middle of some stuff right now uh so there's a lot of bugs that are happening but if you want to check out what i've been working on with my time off uh that's right up there um been having some fun doing some web development and uh you know playing into my hobbies a little bit more trying to get some tools out for you guys for next summer so that uh when we come back um there's some stuff for us to play with together whether it be like you know i'm thinking about a draft tool i'm thinking about like you know trade analyzers um some other stuff that I don't want to put out there because I've noticed that uh, when I talk about stuff two weeks later, it gets built. So 
I'm uh, I'm going to keep those ones secret, but I think they'll be fun. <laughs> uh, but yeah, check out the site. I mean, it's nothing too special right now, but uh, you know, I'm pretty proud of it. So check it out. Um, you know, the guys over at the taxi squad always worth a listen. I think they're doing a stand up job in our stead. So give them a listen and um, you know, that's that. Yep, the Taxi Squad boys obviously doing a great job, but we do miss you guys. Um, you, you're important vo- voices in this space. Uh, definitely one of my favorites. So uh, we're looking forward to you guys getting back at it next year. Well, I'll tell you what, the uh, the five-hole group chat was going off during our recording here. So I think the guys are getting the itch. Love it. We might be back on the mic for uh, for an episode. Oh, there you go. Love to hear it. All right, please leave us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. To those of you who already have, it's helped us a lot with our audience growth. TJ, have you have you reviewed us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts? I hope so, because I'm going to feel like a <laughs> fucking dickhead if I didn't. But yeah, I, I, I think maybe I did like in the early days. You guys are going to have to fact check me on that, but I'll definitely... I'll make sure it happens. Well, hey, if you wanna if you wanna enter a draw for a free jersey, just just take us take a screen capture of your review and send it to Binksy. Uh, so it could be an old I, review too, or do I have to I, delete I that review? And I don't make know, a new man. One? I, I I mean, you could you could delete it and 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 redo it. I don't know what his rules yeah. are. I'm not really sure that there are specific rules. So uh, go ahead, I'm delete I it ten different times with ten different <laughs> what I don't know Apple usernames or whatever there you go yeah <laughs> all right um also subscribe to our youtube channel did you subscribe to our youtube channel yet tj i did look hell yeah i'll even show you on the camera oh, yeah. here when I we went it. live <laughs> fuck yeah dude i love it love go. it there it is all right yeah we're trying to hit a thousand subscribers by the end of the season uh we're well on our way but yeah if you guys if you guys want to uh subscribe even if you're not really youtube people you prefer to listen to us on the audio um i'm pretty sure you most of you probably have youtube accounts google accounts so so just give us a subscribe there um and uh yeah uh hop into the apples and genos discord server we're having lots of discussions about fantasy hockey in there uh and while you're at it hop into the fivefold fantasy hockey uh discord as well uh, i'll leave a link in the description for that shout outs to the band they're there for providing our music their spotify link is in the episode description follow us on x nate is at apples genos blake is at blake creamer ag i'm at just josh and four one uh please practice safe stats and happy streaming have a good one folks <laughs>